0: Being from the South, I know a thing or two about how bugs can ruin a great outdoor experience. It's crazy how something so small, can affect some of the potentially greatest experiences of your life and that's why today's show is brought to you in part by sawyer you might know them as the water filter company i actually have a couple sawyer filters but they make a lot of other great products too including their insect repellent and uh just some points about what it is it's great for the whole family it's actually safe to use on infants and those who are pregnant because they don't use DEET, the active ingredient. They use something better called picaridin. It actually lasts longer. It lasts up to 12 hours, pretty incredible, and it doesn't damage any of your gear. So it's insect repellent specifically made for families who are also outdoorsy because it won't ruin any of that high dollar gear that you've bought to be out there and it does a fantastic job of protecting you and your family from those vector-borne illnesses that are carried by insects. I know for me, I'm always carrying some insect repellent because I've had mosquitoes specifically ruin some pretty incredible backpacking experiences. Don't let it happen to you. Use Sawyer's 20% Picaridin insect repellents. Find out more about that at sawyer.com. Play safe, travel safely. Sawyer, they keep you outdoors
1: everyone's uh you know there's a couple of people sleeping already and i was like people are sleeping already and then from the dark recesses of the shelter i just hear someone say alex wow. and well, I armadillo so i'm like who in the shelter knows my government name
0: This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, where we hear stories of adventure from every corner of the planet. We interview all sorts of folks who are using their sport to explore the world around them and give you the inspiration you need to get out there and have some fun. Hey folks, we're going to try to give you some adventure inspiration today by hearing from an athlete who is out on their adventure as we speak. Uh, Alex Armadillo Dyson uh, decided to join us from the halfway point, the symbolic halfway point of the Appalachian Trail, which he is currently through hiking. And so uh, Alex, uh, I've known him for about a year. Uh, He's been planning the Appalachian Trail through hike for a while, but he's one of our um, athletic brewing ambassadors. So if you don't know, I work for athletic brewing during the day. Uh, it is a non-alcoholic craft beer and Alex is one of our, one of our athletes. And when he decided to do this, I said, Hey, it'd be really cool if we could do like a halfway point episode. And so he's literally calling us from a mountaintop in, uh, in heart near Harper, Harper's Ferry, West Virginia. And uh, you're going to hear, you know, background noise and animals and trains and whatnot. It's really cool. And the picture of where he was sitting while he took the call, he actually sent that to me after the interview. And that is in the show notes on our website, uh, adventuresportspodcast.com. You should definitely check that out because it's a beautiful setting. And um, yeah, it was just really cool to hear from him since he's, you know, done about 1,100, 1,200 miles or so, and he's got the same amount left and uh, just hearing what it's like to actually be out there, especially this year. It's a very unique year. Um, But anyway, thanks for joining Alex. Uh, It was a pleasure talking with you and good luck on the rest of your journey. And we're going to be following along and hopefully we can do a a follow up episode when you finish the whole thing. But anyway, uh, enjoy the episode and you'll be hearing from us later in the week. All right, folks. Welcome to the show. Uh, You might be listening on Without Compromise. You might be listening on the Adventure Sports Podcast. Uh, But either way, it's going to be an awesome episode. And today we have Alex Dyson, who's through hiking the Appalachian Trail. What's up, Alex? How you doing? Hey, man. I'm doing good. Yeah. So, so man, I heard you said you're on top of a mountain. Where are you? Like, like, literally, where are you in the world right now? Or on the trail? So I am
1: uh, at mile marker 1162. Um, I am sitting on top of a mountain in Maryland. Um, I'm looking at the Potomac. And then if I look to my right, I can see where it meets the Shenandoah River. So I'm in Maryland. My view to my south is Virginia. And then my view to the right is West Virginia.
0: Holy cow, man. How amazing is that? How, I mean, how good does it feel to be out there right now? Is it a, is it a nice day? Oh, it's it's gorgeous. I mean, uh, yeah,
1: it's uh, like 62, a little overcast. I don't know if you can hear that train blowing by.
0: Oh, is that what that is? I, I heard it a little bit in the background, and I'm like, he's got this weird whistle in his voice. <laughs> <laughs> like you're talking through one of those, you know, like a harmonica or something. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. Um. Dude, that's crazy. So, you know, you're at mile 1100 and something. You're you're just over just over halfway mile marker wise. Yeah, exactly. How does how does it feel to be halfway done? Um, it feels pretty crazy. Um, you know,
1: it feels like it hasn't been that long at all. But it's also like I've just been hiking and sleeping in the woods for so long that I can't really think of any other life at this point.
0: So how long have you been out there?
1: Um, I started on July 20th, so
0: we're about, about nine weeks. And I'm sure that it's felt a lot longer than that.
1: Yeah, it definitely has.
0: Man, I mean, I don't mean to, like, draw it all the way back, but I want to hear, like, you know, where are you from? Uh, you know, did you grow up doing these things? And if not, how, how did you get introduced to the Appalachian Trail or, you know, are you just always kind of doing this type of stuff? So
1: I am from uh, West Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah, I wouldn't say I really grew, I mean, I grew up with an appreciation of the outdoors and, you know, I was in the Cub Scouts and my, you know, my dad took my brother and I to Colorado one time. And, you know, so I was, I was always out in the woods, but I wasn't big into, you know, hard hiking like this or anything. And I wasn't even that athletic as a teenager, other than, you know, a little bit of skateboarding and biking. So, yeah, I would, I would say it all really started um like two years ago when I quit drinking. So, you know, once I quit drinking and I was working in the beer industry, so it was like a big part of who I am. So once the drinking went away, it was like a big void to fill. And, uh yeah, just hiking in the outdoors rushed in to fill that void.
0: It seems like it's really taken off, too, man. You're yeah. you're on the Appalachian yeah. Trail. It's world renowned.
1: I've definitely been getting carried away with it. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I came up with the idea to try through hiking the Appalachian Trail I, I, probably like a month into my sobriety when I was just looking for something to really drive my focus into um, and just really, you know, like do something big that I could feel proud of. And it's kind of insane that I'm standing here on top of a mountain looking at three states like halfway through it, you know?
0: Yeah, man. I mean, what what an adventure and what, what a thing to kind of set yourself up to do, you know, it, it's you know, I think a lot of us can relate, you know, something in our identity changes and then there's this void to fill. I, I'm I'm a huge proponent, obviously, of, of filling that with something healthy like the outdoors or something like a big adventure. Has it fit that hole well for you? You know what I'm saying?
1: Um, I think it filled it better than the drinking did. I mean, honestly, yeah, it's just been unreal just in the past two years, you know, like the places I've hiked, just exploring all around New England and you know, I've been getting into rock climbing and mountaineering, and you know, recently ice climbing, and it's just all these amazing things that really challenge me mentally and physically that I, you know, never would have thought of, you know, five years ago.
0: Wow, man, that that is so cool. So, so you know, I know that your your plans, kind of like everyone else's, uh, for twenty twenty were vastly changed. Like, what happened? What was your original start <laughs> time? Was that difficult, or, or did you? I don't know. Just kind of go in stride.
1: So the original plan was I was supposed to start uh, northbound. You know, starting in Georgia and hiking up to Maine. Um, I had a start date of April fifth, uh, and so my whole life was planned around that date. Um, you know, my lease ended March thirty first. Um, my job knew that my last day was April third. I had train tickets down to Georgia, and then you know, it was around March twentieth that you know my job closed and laid everybody off. And then, you know, everything just really started spiraling that one week before I was supposed to go. No one knew what, you know, the future was going to look like. So it was a very easy decision to just put it on the back burner for the time being and see how, you know, COVID played out. Yeah. So I spent that time, you know, I was had to move into my mom's house and, you know, it was kind of a blessing because I got to do a lot of section hiking and got a lot more dialed in before I'd started the trail, but, um, yeah, like it was, it was tough, but I never felt backed into a corner by, you know, having to change my plans.
0: I'm sure you have to kind of think that way being out on the trail this long. There's so many situations or days or, um, where you just kind of have to adapt and accept what the day is and, and, and deal with it. I don't know. I never through hiked, but the the little bit of (laughs) the backpacking I've done, you know, maybe a week or so at a time, it's like there's a lot of time that sucks, but there's a lot that's incredible. And I can't imagine nine weeks out what you've seen.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but it's, you know, you don't think of it as, you know, nine weeks or 1,100 miles. You know, like right now, all I'm thinking is, you know, oh, it's three miles to the bottom of this hill. And then I just have a nice road walk. And then I'm in Harper's Ferry. And you just got to keep you know, those small goals and just accumulate them. And I feel like, yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of the preparation process was just the
0: same mindset. So what would you say your longest adventure or your longest, you know, hiking experience was before this?
1: Um, Before this, I think it was uh, just four days on the Connecticut section of the Appalachian Trail. And then I had done a couple, you know, two, three day climbing trips that, you know, involved some hiking and camping out and a couple of romps up in the whites. But yeah, I mean, nothing that holds a torch to this.
0: So what, what were some of the things that you thought maybe were going to happen after, you know, that four day, you know, trip in Connecticut and you're like, all right, you know, I think I got the hang of this. You know, what, what are some of the things you've learned 1100 miles in that maybe, uh, I don't know, surprise you.
1: Huh, surprises. That's a good question. I mean, long hikes like this are just going to really help you streamline, um, you know, just your setup and the way you go about your day. Actually, you know what? I quit drinking coffee this week just to, you know, make my morning routine even faster.
0: (laughs) Serious. Yeah.
1: I mean, as someone who's obsessed with coffee, you know, I never would have guessed that was going to happen.
0: Why why did you decide to do that? Yeah. So I switched to
1: Stoveless recently, too. So I was just drinking cold coffee in the morning with my pop tarts. And I was just like, well, you know, I don't need the coffee. I can just wean off of it and, you know, just get my day going with the pop tarts. And as soon as camp is broken down, start hiking.
0: Dude, that is. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, so leading up to this, I got to tell people, I was following you on like, you know, Instagram and Facebook. And obviously we're in touch as, as this thing's getting closer. And I just see you all the time selling gear Refiguring your kit, it was like you got obsessed with, uh, with just you know, hyper light and being as light and efficient as possible. Would you say that's true? I mean, that's at least what it seemed like.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you know, I was just stuck at my mom's house for three months thinking about nothing but backpacking. So it's, you know, that was when it got real unhealthy. And you know, I could just put a ton of focus into just that. But yeah, I mean, now I'm packing pretty light and moving pretty fast. So. I'm not complaining about it.
0: So that's you know, that's one of your goals then to be as light and as fast as possible.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So man, like, you know, what is this stoveless thing? Is that is that what it sounds like just trying to eat things that don't have to be cooked? And, and if so, what what are you eating?
1: Um well, so throughout the day, you know, like I said, I'm starting my morning with four pop tarts every day, you know, and I just <laughs> change <the> flavor <laughs> once a week so I don't get burnt
0: out. Um four four pop tarts. <laughs>
1: That's a good 800 calories right there. Just get you going. Um, Hey,
0: whatever works, man.
1: And then throughout the day, I usually have, you know, like six bars. I kind of do half Clif bars, half, you know, like Snickers candy bars. Um, And then for dinner, I've been just cold soaking couscous. So I have a Talenti ice cream jar that's, you know, obviously ate all the ice cream. And um, yeah, an hour before I get to camp, I just load it up with water and couscous and it's cooked and ready to eat by the time i get to camp so there's no fussing around with the stove when i uh am just trying to pack you know unpack and eat at night
0: oh my gosh man i mean do you enjoy that level of minimalism like to me it'd get old you know i'd want some i'd want to fry up some bacon or something
1: um i do i mean honestly for me it got old just having a bunch of stuff to fuss with and worrying about you know Oh, is this fuel canister almost out? And you know, where am I going to get the next one? And you yeah, know, it's just one extra level of simplicity. You know, I can always find couscous.
0: There you go. I mean, I guess I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's out there in those mountains. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but so, man, like you know, you're you're halfway through this thing. It's been an adventure. Your pictures have been incredible. Um, you know, halfway in, what is I don't know what are your thoughts about the trip so far has it has it what what have you learned and 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 has it been has it been what you expected
1: that's a good question it it's been a lot of what i expected and then also a lot of just i didn't know what to expect coming into this so i'd say i was surprised by how much i absolutely fell in love with maine and I'd say the, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, starting southbound that just set such a high precedent for the rest of the trail. So honestly, I was kind of kind of dragging through the mid-Atlantic section just after coming out of such, you know, majesty in New Hampshire and the Whites um, in Maine. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of getting sidetracked here.
0: Well, you probably have a pretty nice view to look at on top of a mountain right now too so but no man so so you started off in Maine and that's probably you know it would have been cool to, to go northbound like you originally planned but you adapted now you're going southbound you're making it halfway what 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 are some of the things you're hoping for for the for the second half or you're hoping to kind of um, because it's essentially what you've done just again. I don't know if that lights, you know, lights a fire in you in a good or bad way. Sometimes that might, you know, sound terrible. Like, oh, I got to do all this again. What are you, what are you thinking about going into the second half?
1: So I've been kind of thinking it as a count up until this point, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, 800 miles, 900 miles. And now I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm counting down, you know, like Georgia seems tangible now that I'm on this this side of the Mason-Dixon line. So some things I'm hoping for. You know, I just want to just keep a good rhythm so I can hike as big miles as I can, but also have time to, you know, just enjoy as much of it as I can. Um, That's one thing that I find is you're, you're always trying to find that perfect balance of, you know, getting that mileage done while still enjoying it and just stopping and being like, wow, you know, I'm out here in these unbelievable places and just soaking it all in.
0: How have the people been?
1: Uh, people people have been uh, great, actually. So there's not a ton of southbound through hikers. You know, there's a group of guys that I've, you know, run into here and there. I don't think I've seen another through hiker in probably eight days now.
0: Holy cow. Uh, even, even northbound?
1: Yeah, well, no one's going northbound this time of the year because, you know, you're just going to hit Maine and, you know, New Hampshire in the wintertime. Yeah, I'm like I'm seeing section hikers and day hikers, but yeah, a lot of it's just you know hiking by myself during the day and you know a couple of the hellos, how's it goings, and then yeah, I got a shelter all to myself at night.
0: Dude, it's like a real wilderness experience in a lot of ways because because I hear that that uh, oftentimes is not the case on the Appalachian Trail.
1: Yeah, that's why I'm actually kind of happy with the way things worked out this year. Is you know you're going northbound normally and. You know, there's three thousand other people starting at, you know, Springer Mountain and everyone's rushing for the shelters and you can't get a spot at the shelter if you're not there by noon. But I can I can roll into the shelters at nine PM by headlamp and you know, I'm guaranteed a spot.
0: You know, I, I saw this picture of you with a uh with a paintbrush in your hand painting some trailblazes. Tell us about that. How'd you how'd you get looped into some uh, trail work while you're out there?
1: Oh man, so I was in um I was in New York and, uh, a buddy of mine met me at one of the shelters and was like, Hey, I know this, you know, trail angel. He's, uh, you know, grilling up some food at his house. Let's go there. So, you know, he ended up being, uh, he was a former through hiker through hiked in 88. Um, and then the guy in that picture, uh, Carlo, he through hiked in 2003. So, you know, it was a bunch of like former through hikers and I ended up, you know, camping. I just set up my sleeping pad and you know, the, the attic of his garage that night and then woke up in the morning and they're like, Oh yeah, we got to go paint some white blazes on that switchback. Wait a minute. Let's let the through hiker do it. So yeah, (laughs) just drove down there. Uh, Carlo already had the post up and, you know, ready to go. And we just, you know, mapped out the two inch by six inch blaze and put it up.
0: There you go. Giving back a little bit, a little, little two for the trail, two for the trail, man. That's awesome. So, uh, what would you say was your biggest maybe misconception going into this, this experience, um, being halfway through now?
1: Biggest mi- misconception for me, everyone talks about how much they hate the Pennsylvania section and all the northbounders are, you know, telling you the whole trail, like, Oh, have fun in Roxylvania, You're going to break your ankle. Um, I thought it was a lovely state, honestly. <laughs> um, wow. yeah, I mean, it was, it was rocky and all, but it was, just nice deciduous forests and it was right as the leaves were starting to turn and yeah i mean i had a i had a blast i got to see a buddy of mine you know that i went to elementary school with so i had pennsylvania was a fantastic state for me
0: dude that's awesome was that was that planned or just kind of ran into him no no it was planned i called him (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) that would have been amazing
1: (laughs) that would have been crazy actually that did happen on the long trail um I knew my friend's little brother was planning on hiking the long trail, but I didn't really know when. Um, so I roll up to a shelter at 8 p.m. and it's already dark. And, uh, you know, there's a long trail hiker. And he's just like, yeah, just keep it down. Everyone's, uh, you know, there's a couple people sleeping already. And I was like, people are sleeping already. And then from the dark recesses of the shelter, I just hear someone say, Alex? Oh my and you know, my trail name is Armadillo. So I'm like, who in this shelter knows my government name? And yeah. <laughs> My buddy's brother, Chris, just comes comes out and he's like, what's up, man? Yeah.
0: This is the best time to move to the mountain town of your dreams. COVID-19 has changed the way the world works and probably the way you work. I know that I work more remotely now, now that all this has happened. So why not live somewhere that you want to, in a mountain paradise that you've always dreamed of? Well, the gunnison valley in colorado is that perfect place it's nestled right between a bunch of mountains all sorts of things to do there's over 750 miles of biking and hiking single track crested butte right there in the valley has world-class skiing and the whole county has an award-winning school system So imagine waking up in your ultimate destination every single morning. No traffic, no crowded trails, no more wishing you lived in the mountains uh, like I do. (laughs) Work where you play in the Gunnison Valley. They'll be able to help you make that mountain dream come true at icelab.co. That's icelab.co. And consider the Gunnison Valley your new home. That is too crazy, man. I've had a few of those things happen just out, out on an adventure somewhere and think, what the heck are the chances? It it honestly (laughs) adds so much to the experience. So, okay. So your trail name Armadillo, is there a story behind that that you can share?
1: Oh, there is a story behind it and it kind of breaks my heart. There is, um, there's this rock climbing route that goes up Mount Katahdin, uh, called the Armadillo. Um, you know, it's about Four or five hundred feet long. This
0: big face. Give me one sec. There's a train going by again. Okay, no worries. <laughs> I heard. I heard it. It's uh. It's adding to the <laughs> adding to the interview for sure.
1: Um. Yeah. So there's this route up Katahdin called the Armadillo. Um. Uh, and we were supposed to start the trail by climbing up that route, just because most people hike up Katahdin to do it. And I've just been obsessed with climbing this route for you know, two years since I got into rock climbing. Um, it's just this, you know, beautiful picturesque, um, really aesthetic face climb. Um, so, uh, you know, we go up to climb it, uh, we get up to chimney pond, which is like right about where the face of the climb starts. And sure enough, it starts raining and blowing 45 mile an hour winds. So, you know, we're just like, all right, guess we're not climbing the armadillo. And yeah, I just had to hike up to the summit. So, you know, when I was on the trail, I was kind of complaining about not getting to climb the Armadillo and uh, a buddy of mine came back to me the next day and he's just like, I was thinking about it all day and I think your trail name should be Armadillo. And I was like, man, I wanted that to be my trail name, but I wanted it for climbing it, but I'll take it anyways. Um, but now it's me to uh, the fact that I have to go back next year and climb it, which <laughs> I'm totally
0: Oh yeah, man. I know. I I don't doubt that you'll be, you'll for one second that you'll be excited to do it. So, so man, that's crazy. Uh, You know, tell us about something that has has happened out there that, uh, I don't know, has there, has there been any strange encounter, any encounter with, with animals or just anything that, that, that stuck out to you as a, maybe a, a frightful experience?
1: Um, well, I haven't seen, I haven't had any crazy encounters. I've, I saw two moose and I saw one bear. Oh, wow. Uh, the only the only thing I'd call an encounter, I was in my tent one night. You know, I had my food bag in the vestibule of my tent. And so at about 11, I hear some rustling around and I look over and there's just a skunk going through my food bag, you know, a foot away from me. Oh, jeez. So
0: Looking for some pop like,
1: I Yeah, I guess so. So I just start, you know, rustling and making noise and you know, trying to find the delicate balance of like scaring him without him spraying me. So you know, I get him to run away a little bit. And then he comes running back. He's just kind of un- undeterred by me, and he turns around and looks like he's about to spray me one time. And while he was turned around, I just pulled my food bag into my tent, zipped it up, and he just ended up uh, thrown in the towel. And yeah, I guess that's about as close to an animal encounter as I had. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that, that's way, way more inconvenient than anything if you were to get yeah. sprayed, honestly. H- how about people? N- y- nothing, you said the people have been great, but uh, nothing crazy on that end?
1: No, nothing, nothing too sketchy or anything. Nothing uh, to report, really. Uh, just people have been hospitable the whole, the whole way, you know, as you're going through these small towns that are used to seeing tons of thru-hikers and, you know, they just the numbers just got so chopped down this year that, you know, they're just so happy to see anybody on the trail. And yeah, it's been fantastic just going into these small rural towns that you'd normally never go through.
0: Wow, man. You know, and that's a good point. You know, these people all, it's almost this industry, uh, you know, communities built around, you know, having, you know, through hackers, accessing them and using, utilizing them. You know, what, what, what have you noticed this year, just kind of the effect of of the coronavirus on, first of all, the whole population of thru-hikers, like you said, chopped down. These towns are struggling because of it and visitation and whatnot. Has there been anything else unexpected or that you've seen uh, that's probably unique for 2020?
1: Um, I do know that a couple of hostels along the trail actually did shut down for good because of this year because they didn't have that revenue coming in in you know march april may when they need it the most those are those they're big months so i'd say that's probably the biggest hit that you know these towns have taken um oh. i mean other than that um you know it's just it's kind of like living my life before i got on trail it's just wear your mask when you go into the grocery store and when you leave sanitize your hands properly and yeah you, you know walking past somebody just keep your distance
0: probably not all that hard out there no it's not cool man so, so let me ask you this for for folks that maybe want to do this a lot of people man a lot of people aspire to through hike at some point in their life um what 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 have you learned that you would have wish you would have known you know before you went maybe you know you don't need this necessarily or you don't need to be this prepared or you do need this is there anything that you would have wanted to know a few months ago when you started that you now know
1: um you know that's a good good question yeah I don't know it's it, it's hard for me to answer that just because I ended up you know doing so much hiking with you know I did the Connecticut section with my friends who were through hiking it at the time so I kind of got to pick their brains about all that that didn't really have any surprises going into it so I guess before that though it's the one thing is you don't need to bring as much as you think you need to bring. And if you're ever planning on hiking the Appalachian Trail, just do a couple two, three day backpacking trips and just get your setup dialed in. And if you can do a three day backpacking trip, you can do the Appalachian Trail because it's just a series of three to four day backpacking trips. I'd say anybody listening, yeah, just go for it. You know, if If you're in a place where you can do it in your life, absolutely go for it.
0: Uh, you know, a bunch of three to four day trips just string together. I, I've heard it described that way before, and and that's how any of my experiences have been. It's just it's just the it, it's just as much stuff if I go out for the weekend um because you need all kind of the same. you need a tent, and sleeping bag and all that same stuff. And a longer trip is just doing that weekend experience just in a row over and over again. yeah, that's, that's a because you resupply at some point. you got to get more water at some point. No, it's a great way to put it, man. That's really cool. So, you know, being out there all day long, I've heard mixed, uh, mixed feedback about like what you think about all day, you know, when you have all day to hike and all day to get this done. And now that you're having more and more time as you cut out, you know, coffee, (laughs) like (laughs) things that I'm like out there to enjoy, you know, what, what are you thinking about all day? What, what, what's going through your mind? Is it just keeping up with, with the next step or is it, is it wandering off into, you know, what's in the future? I mean, you have
1: so much time that you can think about all that stuff. I mean, if you're on something that's Rocky, yeah. All you're thinking about is just staying focused and watching your footing. But yeah, a lot of the times it's just thinking about, yeah, you know, the future and, you know, yeah, I'm kind of trying to figure out where, you know, I'm going to go career wise after the trail or, you know, if I even want to settle down or if I want to, you know, move into a van and go drive around or something and, yeah, I mean, your mind can go all over the place. Um I've been listening to a lot of podcasts too. So, I've been trying to mm. you know, stay informed, listen to some science podcasts and then, you know, just listen to some funny ones to space out and obviously binge without compromise.
0: Boom, there you go. Even podcasts too, man. That's uh yeah, that that would excite me the most, the time you get to spend just just consuming podcasts. I I mean, I I love podcasts. There's it's been So long since I've been able to go on a good podcast binge, but yeah, man. So speaking of that, what, what, you know, you've got, you've got another thousand miles, essentially a little bit more. Um, you know, do you think this is something you've fallen in love with to the point you want to keep doing it? Or, or, or do you think this is like, I did the AT I'm done?
1: No, I think I'm stuck for life. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Stuck um, for life man i mean there's a lot of trails out there what what, what, what do you think uh what do you think that's going to look like moving forward for you
1: um moving forward i mean so i think i'm going to take 2021 to do some you know smaller objectives i'm not going to go like i do have triple crown dreams which is uh for those who don't know it's the appalachian trail the pacific crest trail and the continental divide trail so that's definitely in my radar But I think next year I'm just going to, I want to summit Mount Rainier. So I'll probably work towards that. Um, I want to finish off the new England 67 list, which is all of the, uh, 4,000 footers in new England. And actually I ticked off about 35 of them on this trip. Um, you know, I went out of my way for every single one I went near and then the trail goes directly over a bunch of them as well. Man, what else? You got to go back for the Armadillo and yeah, maybe the Colorado trail. Um, you know, if I can get 20, 25 days to do that.
0: Hmm. Hmm. And yeah, that's, uh, I mean, there's an endless amount. I mean, come down and do the Florida trail sometime. I hear that's a, yeah, man. that's a great wintertime experience. I, yeah. It, it, it surprises people.
1: Yeah. That's, that's the, uh, the hot ticket item is yeah. The Florida trail and the, I think people do the AZT in winter, the Arizona trail. Yeah.
0: That's another one that you can do in the wintertime. And, um, you know, with, with, uh, two for the trails, we're actually going to be working on the Florida trail and the, the AZT here soon. Um, oh, there you- yeah, man. So you will have to, you know, if, if we are and you're around, man, you're more than welcome to come help out. But, uh, dude, this is so interesting. Yeah. This is so much. What what would you like people to know about, about through hiking or about the Appalachian trail? Um, who maybe you're interested in, in learning more or experiencing it themselves?
1: You know, that's uh, what I like people to know. So, I mean, I'd say everybody should just, you know, go out and hike a little bit of it. The trail is, I think it's, the stat is it's within six hours of 50% of the U.S. population, uh, which is, yeah, pretty astounding. So anyone who's listening, just, you know, come out here and you'll fall in love. Every state just has something amazing to offer. You You know, Maine and New Hampshire with their enormous peaks and, you know, Connecticut it was just you know bucolic and I mean it's my home state so I love it dearly and you know who knows what I'm gonna walk into coming up is you know I got Shenandoah in a couple of days and yeah I mean just just come out here and see it
0: (laughs) it sounds like you're just loving every minute of it
1: yeah I mean you know I get my butt kicked throughout the day but just being able to do this is unreal you know I never take it for granted
0: has it gotten to the point at any point on the trail where you feel like you couldn't keep going or or you feel pretty good about just putting in your miles and getting the job done?
1: No, I'm feeling pretty good about getting the job done. Actually, that's kind of why I uh, decided to switch to a tarp was just give myself one more new challenge to fool around with just to kind of keep myself engaged.
0: You're just, you're just, it's too easy for you, man. <laughs> You know, like there's really, really smart kid in school where it's just like not challenging enough. You got to, <laughs> you got to like, you got to start just sleeping out. Like I told you, you're going to be, you're going to show up in Georgia, just naked with nothing but like <laughs> a stick. And...
1: I just got a darn tough sock. <laughs> yeah,
0: just your socks on. That's. Uh... I will
1: say I was super challenged by Maine, Maine and New Hampshire and parts of Vermont, you know, just those enormous peaks and it's in the summer. So you're just getting, you know, all your water's getting sucked out of you that that was hard um but i was able to know that it's just that first 400 miles that's actively trying to kill you and if you can get through that i mean you can get through the whole trail mm. but i mean who knows i'm talking a big game and i'm only halfway through maybe there's something in the next 100 miles that's, or 1100 miles it's gonna kill me
0: man I, my only assumption would be weather you know if weather decides to get some early cold snaps really, really bad. I don't know. Is that a concern for you?
1: Uh, yeah, it kind of is. I just had all my, uh, winter gear shipped out. Uh, you know, my mom's been great about
0: shipping me gear.
1: Uh, but there was a cold front for about five or six days where it was 30 degrees in Pennsylvania. So I ordered a quilt, and that's why I kind of got held up at the end of Pennsylvania is because USPS just lost it for a couple of days. And I was sitting around waiting for this quilt that never showed up. Pretty frustrating just knowing I'm, you know, 80 miles back for no reason. But, um, yeah, I mean, as long as I can get that by the Smokies, because I figure that's if the weather's going to kill me, it's going to be there at this point. So as long as I get it by there, you know, I'm happy.
0: Hey, more challenges to come. You might want uh, you might want some walls to your tent here soon but who knows you might be totally happy out there but
1: yeah dude, let, who knows
0: let me ask you this we've got a couple uh i'd love to ask some rapid fire questions you don't have to answer them quick just a couple sentences at the most um sure just kind of outside of this and, and I'll, I'll try to think of a few that aren't like pretty obvious because it's like usually their biggest goal not yet achieved And i would probably say it's finishing the at for you <laughs> um if i had to guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yeah man let, let me ask you this rapid fire question number one what are what are you most curious about right now out there besides the trail itself and, and and like what to do after I don't know
1: you know I'm I kind of want to get back in school um and just see you know once I, I haven't been in school in a, a, you know eight or nine years and just see where like my brain goes and what it emanates towards and if it kind of puts me on a career path so I guess i'm I'm curious about you know the path my future is going to take after the trail
0: Mm, dude that's really cool because i I hear that a lot from adventures uh it's like adventure opens your mind but then you're a little bit directionless when you get back like you have all these new thoughts and new ways of thinking and then almost you need structure to it kind of to push it somewhere um yeah dude i've totally experienced that myself that's really interesting that's that's really cool What would you say your proudest achievement is outside of what you've done so far on the on the AT? Hmm. Well,
1: I will say, ooh, my proudest achievement on the AT is the Connecticut challenge, which we haven't even gotten into. I forgot to
0: tell you about that. Tell us about that real quick.
1: Yeah, so I did the fifty point seven mile Connecticut section in one day, and it was the worst day of my life.
0: Fifty miles in a day. Yeah, holy what was what was that like, dude? Okay, sorry. You got to tell us about this. This is nuts.
1: <laughs> so, it started out at 2:30 a.m. Well, I woke up at 1:20 a.m. and it was a thunderstorm. Uh, you know, thunder and lightning and they were near. Um, and my buddy Charlie had come out to meet me and he had to catch a flight and, you know, we were both planning on leaving at 2:30. So, he, you know, he's just like, "You know, I can't wait for this." I'm just going to leave the tent here and have one of my friends pick it up. And he bails at one in the morning. Oh my gosh. So, so then at 2:15 AM, I'm like, all right, you know, it's not going to let up. I'm just going to start hiking. So I, uh, yeah, just got moving in like torrential downpours and thunderstorms at, uh, you know, the Connecticut, Massachusetts border. Yeah. Luckily it let up by about, you know, 6 AM. And, you know, I, I knew the terrain really well, having done that section twice already. And, you know, I'd done a ton of day hikes on various parts of it as well. So I knew what I was getting into. And honestly, you know, it, the first 35, 40 miles weren't that bad as far as how I felt physically. But then once I hit 40 miles, I was, uh, you know, I finished this five mile flat section and then was going straight up this, these cliffs called St. John's Ledges. And I just bonked with you know, ten and a half miles to go and just, you know, like couldn't get back, didn't get a second wind and just was dragging a dead body ten miles to the finish line. But um yeah, I made it there in twenty three hours and ten minutes.
0: Oh my gosh, so man. Barely barely
1: made <laughs> barely made it. Um and then as soon as I hit the parking lot at the Connecticut Massachusetts border at, you know, one forty AM, I uh just took off my pack laid my head on top of it and passed out oh my gosh but <laughs> you know i woke up an hour later and set up my tent but <laughs> yeah i mean i was just wiped by the time i got there Dude. so it definitely gave me a lot of respect for the people who you know are running the fkts on this trail and you know a lot of the athletic ambassadors who are going after these you know 50 100 mile races
0: so yeah
1: yeah it was not easy and you know much props to all the ultra runners out there you guys are badass
0: that's incredible to do it all while through hiking and under 24 hours congratulations and i was going to ask you how far past the border you got did you just get there and (laughs) lay down because i I imagine you did because it's like i actually touched the border and then had to go back
1: into connecticut just because that's where there was a little patch of woods
0: oh my gosh (laughs) man (laughs) Dude, whatever so, you can do to keep challenging yourself—that's that's an adventure right there, man. That's a day to remember. Yeah.
1: I'm I'm happy I did it. It was, you know, one of the hardest things I've ever done, and yeah, I'm I'm glad I went for it.
0: I love when people throw challenges like that inside of an a, a, an overall larger adventure. That's really cool, man. Hopefully, you got another one, something like that, to look forward to. Um well the other big one
1: is the four state challenge which i would already be in the middle of right now cuz it goes from Pennsylvania to Virginia and i was just like you know what after the connecticut challenge i'm good
0: you you did you did your challenge you did your challenge yeah. you're do i mean for christ's sake you're doing the whole at so i mean <laughs> that's a big that's a challenge um do you, ha- do you have any hobbies that you'd like you know don't talk about or folks don't really know much about
1: yeah you know i i dabble with a lot of instruments um you know, my my dad's a musician and our whole family is pretty musical. So I don't really have, you know, I, I have a bunch that I kind of tinker with. I wouldn't say I'm amazing at any of them, but yeah, I mess around on guitar and banjo. What else? I, you know, I'm big into like fixed gear cycling when I'm not uh, hiking. And, and I, <laughs> even though I quit coffee this week, I'm obsessed with specialty coffee. So, you know, as soon as I get back from the trail, I'm definitely jumping right back into that. But for now, we're just keeping it streamlined.
0: That's funny, man. I mean, is there is there any daily habit out there that you do that, you know, helps you get ready for the day or, or something health-wise? Obviously, you're not having coffee or, you know, and, and Pop-Tarts doesn't count. But uh, <laughs> is there anything you're doing to, like, take care of yourself on a daily basis?
1: Yeah, just trying to stretch out, you know, making sure you don't get shin splints or roll your ankle or anything like that. Um, uh, just, you know, lower body stretches and, you know, my shoulders get kind of tired just from wearing a pack, even though, it, you know, barely weighs anything. So i stretching out the rotator cuffs, but other than that, nothing too crazy. You know, just eat a salad when you get into town. Cause I probably haven't seen a vegetable in a week.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, man. No vegetables. You're not carrying them in your pack. So whenever you can get them, get them. Oh man. That's too funny. What would you say to kind of wrap it all up? Um, what does it mean to you to live without compromise?
1: To me, I mean, it was, you know, going after the Appalachian Trail this year and, you know, no matter what the world threw at 2020, um, you know, just seeing it through. And yeah, yeah, it was completely different than I expected, you know, starting up in Maine and, you know, heading southbound and hiking all the way until November or maybe even December. But yeah, um, just getting out here without compromising on that
0: there was ever a year for folks to, to get away, to kind of unplug. Uh, I think, I think it's folks that, that have gone through this year, you know, there's so many folks that are tired, uh, and and we're not even into November yet. So we've 2020 still got, you know, still got some firepower to it. So it's, uh, it's not over yet, but, uh, man, that's, uh, you're, you're having a better 2020 than a lot of us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: I'm having a good time out here. I, I don't mean to rub it in.
0: Hey, man, you know, we, hey, we're going to live vicariously through you. Well, man, Alex, <laughs> I can't tell you how much, of, how much of a pleasure it is to to have gotten to know you over the last, you know, almost a year now. And also, yeah, um, yeah just having you on the Athletic Brewing Ambassador team, you're killing it. You're obviously an inspiration. And uh, yeah, we're very proud of you and what you're accomplishing out there. So know, know that you're never alone, even when you're out there. We're, we're following <laughs> you. We're excited for you. And uh, yeah, thanks for being on the team.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to be a part of Athletic Brewing. And yeah, I'm just happy to hear from you.
0: Absolutely. I'd love to see you at some point. Maybe at the end. I don't know. You might want to be alone uh, to finish it <laughs> off. But, uh dude, enjoy your couscous and your Pop Tarts and uh, your let- no coffee. And we'll, we'll talk soon. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. Have a good night. All yeah, right. you too. Bye. Right, bye. First of all,